If you can, go with me to Psalms, Psalms 139. Hallelujah. I want to speak to you about the presence of the Lord. That his presence is with you. His presence is with you. In Psalms 139, beginning verse 1, it says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. I want to tell you, you can never get away from the presence of the Lord. Amen. I, I, this last year, the Lord gave us the, the vision of doing mass crusades in different parts of the world. We, we did a crusade in Argentina. We did two crusades in Mexico. Uh, we did a crusade here at our back-to-school event. 3,000 people got saved last year. That, that was our guest with all the people that, that gave their life to the Lord that, that, that evening. And that's coming up again. We're going to be doing that in three different cities. We're going to be in Raymondville. We're going to be in La Feria and here in Harlingen. Amen. I'm telling you, you give us one city, we take three. Amen. Yeah, amen. Uh, everything is multiplied this year. Amen. Hallelujah. And, uh, but last year, the Lord told us to go to different crusades. And, and the first crusade was, was, it was scheduled to be in Uganda. But we, we ended up moving to Kenya. When I was in Uganda, the, the pastor had picked me up, and where they had moved the crusade, it was actually outside of the capital, Kapala, into a, a more remote area. And if you know anything about Uganda, of course, all, a lot of the nations in Africa have a mixture of religions, just like all the countries. But during the, 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 the reign of Idi Amin, who was this, this terrible leader, killed many of his people. Uh, but he was a Muslim, and he gave the Muslim people the land outside of the city. And so a lot of the countryside is ruled by, by Muslims. There's terrorism, and you name it. And I'd been there one time before, and we could only drive. We couldn't stop because, you know, where we were at, they didn't really welcome Christians. And uh, the pastor had, had desired for us to do a crusade in that area. And so as we were driving through the countryside, we were in this big van, and there was two men that were drunk riding a little moped. And in, in those countries, you drive on the left side, not on the right side. So we're driving on the left side, and this, these two were riding all over the road. We didn't know why, but they were on the right-hand side of, the, of the, the street. So the pastor went to pass them on the left-hand side. And when the pastor went on to the left-hand side, the, the drivers of the moped turned quickly right into our, into our van, and there was no way that we would not hit them. And so we hit them, and uh, it was in a remote uh, street, remote, remote area, but there was, you know, people working in the fields, and immediately all the people surrounded the vehicle. And I'm, you know, in, in Africa, you're not, you're not Hispanic. You're white or you're black. That's pretty much it. And, uh, and I'm the only white person surrounded by all these, these people from, you know, that, that I don't know. And, and you know, there, these, this is a Muslim area, 
And it's almost a lot of it is tribal justice that happens in that, in that area. It's, you don't have the infrastructure like we have here. And uh, so immediately after it happened, I told the pastor, stop. You don't, you stop. And I, and I said, go, go and, and help. And, and, and he got out of the van. And I'm thinking, what do I do? And, and I, first I checked my, 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 uh, my heart. You know, I, I checked my heart because, you know, now I'm facing death. Now I'm facing where, where normal tribal justice. And, and li- literally, my, my friends told me, they said, whenever those situations happens in those areas, you don't stop. You keep going to the police station and, and, or to the army bases. But we were there and I was surrounded. There must have been about, about 100 people that surrounded the vehicle. And I'm there and I'm checking my heart. And the first thing I, I said, okay. Be, peace, be at peace. I spoke to my body, you know, to my, I, I realized that my heart was at peace and my mind was at peace because I knew that, you know, a long time ago, the Lord had taken the fear of death off of my life. And that's why I've been able to travel to so many nations and go to the remotest places and not be afraid of where I'm going. And there's some places that God's speaking to me today about going that if I were to tell you where, where, where God's speaking to me about, you would say, don't go. It's just natural. We want to say, don't go. And, and uh, so I'm in this situation, and I check my heart, and I, and I realize I'm not scared. If this is the last day, praise the Lord. But then I wanted to make sure that my family knew and, and, and that people knew where I was at. So I, I, I grabbed my phone to begin to text people and tell them to call the embassy, let them know where I was. I didn't even know where I was because we had been driving. We were about three hours outside of the city. And so here I am alone, surrounded by a mob. I mean, people are, are, are at, the, at the window pointing at me, and I'm thinking any moment they're going to drag me out of this. But I'm thinking, what do I do at this last, these moments? And I grab my phone to text, and when I grab my phone to text, my hands were shaking. And as my hands were shaking, I, began to, I stopped myself. I said, wait, you're not, a, you're not scared. Like, my thoughts are thinking, I'm not scared. I'm, I, I'm ready. If, if I have to die today, praise the Lord. I'm, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm at peace. God called me here. I'm following him. I didn't, I didn't choose to come here. God told me to come here. So I know I'm supposed to be where I'm, else, I'm supposed to be. But my body was, was in a survival mode. And I had to stop. And I had to speak to my body. I said, stop. Be still. And as soon as I spoke to my body to stop and be still, it was the peace of God came. And even though I was in the midst of that turmoil, I felt God's presence. And I was able to do what I was able to do. And and about two minutes later, the army shows up. And and then someone someone escorts me away from the crowd, away from the mob, and takes me. And and the the Lord protected me. Amen. I give God praise for for his protection. Amen. But I tell you that because just because you're going through a difficult time does not mean that God's presence is not with you. The presence of the Lord changes everything. And every one of us should know God's presence and should walk in his presence, not once, not twice, but all the time. The presence of the Lord should be a a constant thing where you are in constant communication, constant fellowship, constant communion with the Lord. Someone asks, Pastor, how long do you pray? I don't stop praying. For me to stop praying is for me to say my communication with God has stopped and I'm no longer talking to him. 
I'll be at a football game cheering on my team, and, and, and instead, of, instead of just screaming, I'll be like, hallelujah, praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory be to God. How many of you are like that, that you found out that you're, even when you celebrate something, it's hallelujah, praise the Lord. That's how you know that your communication with God is when, you're, and when, it, when it goes from yeah to hallelujah. You know, train yourself. Football season's coming up. Amen. And, and the presence of the Lord, it changes everything, you know. So when, as soon as God walks into the room, just everything changes. I could tell you times where, where it was very difficult. Someone was going through a very difficult season, and I didn't even know. They were arguing in a room, and I would walk in, and I'm always happy. I'm not a grumpy person. I just walk in. I walked in the room just, like, excited to be there. I didn't even know who they were, but I'm shaking people's hands. Next thing you know, everybody's smiling. Everybody's happy because I don't go by myself. The presence of the Lord is greater than American Express. Don't leave home without it. I just go everywhere with the presence of the Lord. If, you know, how many want to have a good day tomorrow? Let me see your hands. How many want to have a good week? Just walk in his presence. You'll be eating breakfast at the restaurant and the presence of the Lord will be upon your life. Whoever's taking care of you, next thing you know, she might have had a terrible time. The cook might have cussed her out. People have been, you know, mistreating her. But when she comes to your table, something's different about this table. Because the presence of the Lord is with you. Amen. His presence changes things. And his presence is with you. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalms 23 verse 4, it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. His presence is with you. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in, in, uh, maybe in, in any type of fear that something might not happen right for you. I mean, there's a lot of people that their emotions go up and down according to the situations that happen in the day. When you are in the presence of the Lord, you're just happy. You'll praise the Lord if it goes your way or it doesn't go your way. When, I remember one time I, I came back from the hospital and I prayed for someone who got sick and, and uh, you know, they, they had there were some things that happened. That person ended up passing away. And I was angry because that person, you know, had gotten sick in the hospital. And I went to talk to someone who knew some things about the hospital. And I'm there telling this person about my anger because that person ended up, you know, getting sick in the hospital. And, and that person just looked at me smiling. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. And I was thinking maybe she didn't understand me. And so I, I talked to her. I said, no, no, you got to understand. They were supposed to do this, and they didn't do that. And because of this, this problem happened, and then they got sick. And, and the person looked at me, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, praise the Lord. And I started thinking, okay, maybe this person just really didn't understand me. I will talk slower. That person was over there. They forgot to do this. They did not do this, and terrible things happened to that person because of this. And my friend looked at me with a big smile on her face. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. 
And then I got it. This woman was not going to allow me to take her away from the presence of God. It didn't matter what I told her. She was going to praise the Lord. His praise was continually on her mouth. Amen. She was blessing the Lord. Amen. You know, when the presence of God comes in, it's like a light that turns on in a dark room. We talk about how the world is so dark, but the world is dark because we who are carriers of the presence of God are supposed to go to the world and release the light of Jesus Christ there. How do we do it? It's not by us trying to convince everybody by preaching to them. Listen, you don't, nobody has three hours for you to preach to them every time you see them. But if you walk in love, you don't have to preach to them. If you walk in the presence of God, the Spirit of God will be there. You might be just saying hi to someone, and, you know, it's like the Holy Ghost comes upon them. They're like, something's different. And then when things go rough in their life, they don't run to those people who don't know God, who are, who are, who are like bitter Christians that look like this, they've been sucking on lemons all day long. But they run to someone who carries the anointing and the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost, and that's you and me. That person that looked at them and said, God bless you, and something happened to them when you told them, God bless you. Because the presence of God's upon your life, amen? Hallelujah. And so his, his presence is, is a light that drives away darkness, amen? Isaiah 41, verse 10. It says, fear not. It's like that. Isaiah 41, 10. Fear not. For I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. When you recognize the presence of God, even when you know you're about to go through something that's very difficult, the very first thing that God speaks to you, he says, fear not. If God tells you don't fear, don't fear. Pastor, I'm getting ready to go. I, I got to go to court. You know, they, 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 I'm being accused. Fear not. He is with you. He says, for I am with you. Don't be dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. His presence will be there to to. to Hold your hand all the way through. Amen. You don't need a pastor. You don't need a preacher. You don't need the prayer lady at church. You don't need that. God is with you. His Holy Ghost is with you. His presence is with you. You can do this in Jesus' name. I remember uh, this one man came to church and, and first time I ever seen him, never seen him before. And at the end of service, he says, Pastor, come pray. For, can you pray for me? I said, what's going on? He says, I, I went to court and I, uh, and, uh, I was convicted of this, 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 and tomorrow I'm supposed to go back to the court and they're going to pronounce sentencing. And I just, I prayed with them and we just prayed for the presence of God to surround them, that God would, would help them and defend them and the Lord would somehow make a way. And he was supposed to go and, and be in prison for like seven years. But when he went to that courtroom, the judge looked at, that, looked at him and said, we're just going to give you probation and, and let you go. Immediately, that man got himself plugged in church. He made sure that he was here every service. Amen? 
He knew that God was with them, and he was so thankful and so wanting more of the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. I remember when I graduated from high school, and I, and I want to pray today over those that, that are graduating from school, college, high school, elementary. I just want to pray for you. But when I graduated from high school, I was confused. I didn't know what I was going to do in my life. I had a lot of opportunities and, and choices to make. And the thing about it is I didn't want to make a mistake. You know, this is the first time my mom and my dad were not telling me what to do. You know, of course, you know, all those years, I'm like, don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. And now I graduated, and I have to be the one that tells me what to do. And I wanted someone to tell me what to do. <laughs> I found myself lost. How many of you all have been there before? If you graduated, you were there. <laughs> and I just knew I didn't want to make a mistake, and I, I had all this pressure. I didn't know what to do, so, I, you know, one of the advantages of being the pastor's son is you got the keys to the church. And so during the day, I showed up to the church, and I, I was just by myself, and, and I just lifted my hands to God because I needed his help because I couldn't carry this weight. And as I lifted my hands before God, I felt God just walk behind me, and I felt him wrap his arms of love around me. Where literally my, my hands that were lifted up, I, I, I got embraced by him, or my hands came down as he was embracing me. And I felt all that stress and all that fear and all that worry that was on my shoulders just being lifted off of me. I was set free and delivered right there. And I knew after being with the Lord that no matter what, God was going to lead me and that God had a plan for my life. Sometimes we don't know everything, but if we know his presence, that's more than enough. If we know that God is with us and God is for us, you could stand and go another day. You could take another step. Amen. And so I knew that he was with me. I knew that, that he would not leave me. In Psalms 16, verse 11, it says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In the presence of the Lord, there's a fullness of joy. And the fullness of joy is not, you know, just laughing and being drunk in the spirit at church or at home. The, the fullness of joy is, is knowing that, that you have so much contentment and excitement and love for God that no matter where you are at, you're just good. I don't know how to explain it. You're just good. Where people look at you, and you might be going through a difficult situation, but even though you're going through a difficult situation, the, the situation is not going through you, and you're just good. You know, you're, you're at peace. You're happy. You got joy. You're not, it's not going to stop you. You're just good. Amen? And so in his presence is fullness of joy. I've learned to run to the presence of God no matter what I'm going through. When I'm celebrating, I'm celebrating in the presence of God. When I'm going through a time of, of attack and difficulty, I go through it in the presence of God. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them of them all. You're going to go through some difficult times, but the presence of God is with you, and in His presence is fullness of joy. Everybody say joy. When someone comes to me and says, Pastor, I'm depressed. You're not depressed. You've just been away from the presence of God. If you will get into the presence of God, it's better than any pill any doctor can, take, can give to you. Not only will God give you joy, but he will break depression off of your life. 
my friend Mike, who's coming this, this Friday, when, when he, you know, he, he was, he, he went to church, he, he is a drug addict, and he went to church, and, and he's thinking, you know, people say go to church, I should try this thing out, so he, he sits in the back, and he goes to the first service, and, you know, he said, I felt nothing, I was just there, and, and, but I realized that during the week, my week was better. My week was good when I went to church. So he showed up the next day, the next service, and, and he's there, and, and, and as he's there, they're playing the music, and he said, then the stuff came. He called it the stuff. I started feeling stuff all over me, and, and I was like, man, this is good stuff. He was feeling God on it. He's like, this is great stuff. And then they, the pastor would call. And he said, if you want to give your life to the Lord, come to the altar. And he's thinking, I ain't going over there. But, but as he was, as the stuff was on him, he felt that next thing you know, he finds himself just walking to the front. The stuff started calling him to the front. And then at the altar, he prays the prayer and he goes, they go to a room and there's a guy that's talking to him about, you know, the next steps for walking with God and and he looks at the guy and he says, hey, hey, where can I get more of this stuff? The guy looked at him and said, what do you mean? What do you mean, the stuff? He said, yeah, yeah, they got the stuff, the stuff. I felt the stuff in the back over there and I came over here and I want more of the stuff. The guy looked at him and said, look, man, I just work here, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but then he realized that as he heard worship music, the stuff came. And so he got himself a, a, a worship CD. And he went back to his apartment. And he put it on and he played. And as he pressed play, the stuff came. And he was so excited because it was a, a high that was greater than any high of the drugs that he had taken in the world. Any experience he had in this world, it was greater than all that. The stuff was greater than all that. He got so excited because not only did he experience a high that he could not get with any drug, but it was free. I have it on tap. He got so excited about the stuff because understand this, you know, when you find something, you want to give it. And so he went out and talked to all of his friends he talked to the drug addicts. He talked to the prostitutes. He talked to everybody. He said, listen, I got good stuff. And they said, what do you mean? He goes, no, I, I found good stuff. Come over to my place. Come over to my place. It's already paid for. It's already paid for. Come on over. So he brought everybody to his apartment. Here are all these drug dealers and drug addicts and, these, and everybody's there to get the stuff. And so when they got there, he gathered them all in the room. He closed the door. He said, just sit there, mate. Just sit there, mate. He turned off the lights. He pressed play. And then he closed his eyes. <laughs> and as he did, the presence of God came in. And then he began to hear people crying. He began to hear people just calling out to God. I want to tell you, the presence of the Lord is so available for every person that hungers. It's not that God is holding back his presence from us. 
He wants to give his presence to us, but you just don't want it as much as he wants to give his presence to you. We have to enter into his presence. I want to just give you three ways of entering into his presence. Hallelujah. The first way is repentance. Repentance. You know what the enemy does? The enemy says, because of the things you did yesterday and the way you've been living your life earlier, you are not worthy to be in the presence of God. That is a lie from the pit of hell. The blood of Jesus washes all your sins away. So when you go before God, if you just say, Father, forgive me, and go before the Lord in repentance, the blood of Jesus qualifies you to be in the presence of God. You know, one of the greatest ways to prepare yourself and always keep your, your heart protected so that you can spend time with God without any condemnation is putting on the armor of God. When you recognize the armor of God, the Bible says that you gird up your loins with truth. Amen. You know, the truth sets you free. Amen. His word is truth. And so you put on the truth, the, the belt of truth. And then the Bible says you prepare your feet with the gospel of peace. Amen. I, I say that all, all the time. I'm, I'm prepared to go and preach your gospel. Amen. And then the word of God says that you put on the breastplate of righteousness. I, I everybody just kind of touch your, 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 your chest area, the breastplate of righteousness. You remind yourself that it's the blood of Jesus Christ is what covers you and is washes your sins away and makes you righteous. Amen. And then the word of God says you take Take up the, the shield of faith, which you're able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. And I grab a hold of that shield by faith. I just, I, I grab, everybody hold up your shield in Jesus' name, amen. That's faith, amen. And then you put on the helmet of salvation. That's your thoughts. Your thoughts are not thoughts of death. Your thoughts are not thoughts that you don't belong. Your thoughts are thoughts of victory and the love of God. They're thoughts of salvation, not of defeat. And then the Bible says you take hold of the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit is not in your hand. It's in your mouth. You cut the enemy asunder with the Word of God. Just like Jesus, when the enemy came at him and tried to tempt him, Jesus defeated him with the Word. It is written. It is written. It is written. And when I prepare myself with the full armor of God, Man, I'm ready just to enjoy Jesus, enjoy God. When you wake up, you should be thinking, I'm going to put on this armor of God. I'm not going to let this enemy steal one moment from me not being with my God. God, Jesus has made me, uh, made me righteous, and I could be with the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen? And so the first thing to, when you enter into the presence is repentance. Amen? The second, uh, second way to how to enter in the presence is uh, we welcome the Holy Spirit into every situation. Amen? Say, welcome, Holy Ghost. Again, welcome, Holy Spirit. When you wake up in the morning, you should be saying, good morning, Holy Ghost. When you are, when you get, when you are in your house, you should be welcoming him into that room, you know, inviting him to be with you. He is a person. When you speak to him and invite him, he will come. When I was a, a little kid, I saw the Lord touching people at church, and I, I said, I want that. And that night, I called out to God. I, I was eight years old, and I said, God, if you are real, Holy Spirit, if you're real, come speak to me and touch me like you, like you touched the people at church. And that night, the Holy Spirit came in, and he touched me. 
You should always welcome the presence of God. Always welcome the Holy Ghost wherever you are. You might be watching in a prison cell. Welcome the Holy Spirit. He will go. No bars can keep him away from you. He will show up. He'll be with you in your car. You begin to recognize him. Amen. You have to welcome the Holy Spirit into every situation. There are times that there are things going on in the home, and it's like this tension and this arguments going on. It's because the wrong spirit's in that house. You got to go to that front door, open the door, and you say, I command that devil to get out in the name of Jesus. And then you walk back in and say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Let your peace flow in this place. Amen? And so you have to welcome the Holy Spirit. Amen? And then the third way to enter into his presence is fellowship. Spending time in worship and prayer. Spending time in worship and prayer. Now, we're going to take communion. I want to invite the ushers to go and pass out the communion, please. In communion with the Holy Spirit, the definition of communion is the sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings. The sharing and exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings. We have to understand that this is not a one-way relationship. God wants to hear from you, but then he wants to speak to you. He wants to spend time with you. He desires you. Some of you might feel like nobody cares about you, nobody wants you, but I want to let you know you are the apple of his eye. Hallelujah. And for those that are watching at home, get your, get your cup and a, a piece of bread ready. We'll take communion together. But God cares about you. God desires you. You know, if, if God were to ask you, what do you want? You might have a whole list of stuff that you want. Things that you want for your family, things that you want for your personal life, things that you want for your future. You might say, well, God, I, I need increase here. I need this. I need that. I want this and that. But if you were to ask God, God, what do you want? God will say, the only thing that I want is you. He loves you. He desires you. God is into you. The Bible says that God is always watching over you. When you rise up, he is there with you. When you go down, he is there with you. When you are sleeping, he is standing watching over you. I want to tell you that God is the ultimate stalker. Wherever you go, he'll be there with you. He desires you. He wants to spend time with you. He enjoys your fellowship. God will never say, listen, I'm leaving. You're boring. He's there. He's so wanting fellowship, communion, relationship. He wants to hear what's in your heart. But then he wants to give you what's in his. And the thing is, we don't, we don't spend anywhere close to the time that we should in the presence of God. Not our religion conviction, but because of love and desire. We just want him. 
We do everything else. We, we make excuses for everything. We, we, we go about our work. We do our day. We, we do all these things. We even serve and work in his name. When God is saying, hey, can you just stop and just be with me? But God, I got to go. I got to pray. I got to do this. I got to do No, no, no. You don't need to do any of that. Just spend time with me. When you begin to be in communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit, not only will God spend time with you and his presence will come, but he'll begin to speak to you about your future. How many of you need to hear a word from the Lord on your future? Let me see your hands. If you need to hear a word from the Lord in your future, you should stop everything and just spend time with him. Because God is not to hold back speaking to you about your future. He will tell you about tomorrow. He will tell you about what your life is going to be like. He will tell you. He, sometimes it might just be one little word and you won't understand everything. And he's good at doing that. So he makes sure that, that he tells you enough so that you don't mess it up. Because if you knew what God was going to do exactly the way he was going to do it, you'd be thinking, no, there's no way. You'd be trying to make a way for yourself. But if you would just let God take you there, because understand this, he doesn't want you to do it. He's telling you what he's going to do through you. I realize, you know, I've talked, and, and, and you guys have seen my story of going to all these nations and doing these crusades and, and pastoring the church all these years and all those things. I've done none of it. I've just shown up, and I've seen God do it through me. And so God wants to spend time in fellowship. If you would go in, in worship and in fellowship and in communion, if you will always carry something to write on, God will give you something to write. He'll give you ideas. He'll give you vision. He'll give you dreams. He'll, give you, he'll start inspiring you to do things. Listen, Jesus' pod is going to be a great ministry of people being able to hear the word of God when they go to JesusPod.com. But nobody, nobody has tried to do it. Nobody has put that where we're lifting up all the other ministries and, and giving them a platform to listen. None of that. Nobody thought about doing that, but it was the will of the Lord. And so this is coming about, amen? And so God will give you things to do that nobody's ever done before because you spent time with them, amen? Hallelujah. I want to just share one last story about the presence of God. I got a, a phone call to go to the hospital. There was a man I'd never met before, but his friend called me and said, will you go pray for him? I didn't know his condition. I didn't know anything about him. So I, I, I just showed up to the hospital. And when I went into his room, he was lying there and he looked like, like a skeleton. He had lost all his weight. He was on the verge of death. And basically the hospital, I put him there just waiting for him to die. And when I, I walked in there, I just sat down next to the bed, his bed, didn't even talk to him. I just sat down, and I took out my phone, and I began to play worship music. As I began to play, play worship music, the presence of God came in. Peace of the Lord showed up. And then I got up, and I laid my hands upon him. And I commanded death to leave in the name of Jesus. I spoke alive. This man had a problem with his gallbladder, and basically he was just dying. I didn't know what happened to him, but later on I found out that the Lord healed him that day. And he's still alive today, amen? His presence 
changes everything. All of us need to spend more time in the presence of the Lord. Amen.